we have been in constant prayer for months because choosing our leaders is an important responsibility. And today we appoint two men to lead this church as elders. And I want to begin by focusing our attention to what the Bible teaches about elders. Now, we have talked about this topic uh, from time to time through the years, but it's good to be reminded. And if you recall, when we started this process of selecting additional elders, we as a congregation were charged by our elders to search the scriptures about what they say, about the qualifications and the examples that we see in Scripture. Two verses I want to call to your attention that were mentioned specifically. Titus chapter 1, verses 6 through 9. Look on the screen. You can follow along. An elder must be blameless, the husband of but one wife, a man whose children believe and are not open to the charge of being wild and disobedient. Since an overseer is entrusted with God's work, he must be blameless, not overbearing, not quick-tempered, not given to drunkenness, not violent, not pursuing dishonest gain. Rather, he must be hospitable, one who loves what is good, who is self-controlled, upright, holy, and disciplined. He must hold firmly to the trustworthy message as if it had been taught, as it has been taught, so that he can encourage others by the sound doctrine and refute those who oppose it. And then also 1 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 and following. Paul writes this as well. Here is a trustworthy saying. If anyone sets his heart on being an overseer, he desires a noble task. Now the overseer must be above reproach. The husband of but one wife, temperate, self-controlled, respectable, hospitable, able to teach, not given to drunkenness, not violent but gentle, not quarrelsome, not a lover of money. He must manage his own family well and see that his children obey him with proper respect. If anyone does not know how to manage his own family, how can he take care of God's church? He must not be a recent convert or he may become conceited and fall under the same judgment as the devil. He must also have a good reputation with outsiders so that he will not fall into disgrace and into the devil's trap. You may know from your own study of Elders, that there are actually several terms that describe the plurality of men who lead our congregation. And they're not really titles as much as they are descriptions of their qualification and or kind of characteristics of their responsibility. Words like elders, bishops, overseers, pastors, and shepherds. We read all of those in Scripture depending on the version you're reading from. I want to key in the role of shepherd for the next couple of moments. Jesus is our chief shepherd, as Peter calls him. But Jesus calls himself the good shepherd in John chapter 10. Look at verses 11 and following. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd who owns the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he's a hired hand. And cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep. And my sheep know me. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. God uses that same word picture of, of Christians being sheep. And needing a shepherd type leader to, care, to take care of us. And that's why we read in scripture about elders being called shepherds. As one of the names for them. And Paul understood this. Remember the time when he was talking to the elders in Ephesus 
of the church in Ephesus. And listen to Paul's words as he, as he describes what these men are to do. Acts chapter 20, verse 28 through 31. Keep watch over yourselves and all the flock of which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. Be shepherds of the church of God, which he bought with his own blood. I know that after I leave, savage wolves will come in among you and will not spare the flock. Even from your own number, men will arise and distort the truth in order to draw away disciples after them. So be on guard. Remember that for three years I never stopped warning each of you night and day with tears. What we know is that God has given West Seventh Church shepherds. And this morning we increased that number to ten. And what these men want, and you hear this from time to time as they talk and as they pray... What these men want more than anything is for you to go to heaven. There is no glamour in being an elder. There is no pay. There's often little thanks for all that they do. And I also want you to know that among our elders, there is no power struggle. They love Jesus, and they love his people. They love what Jesus did for his people. And that he gave his life to save everyone. And they want you to love him too. They want you to be a completely committed follower of Jesus. They pray for you constantly. They rejoice with you. They cry and hurt with you. They are your family, your eternal family. In Ephesians chapter 6, verses 11 through 13, Paul describes how church leaders are to help each other and to help each member. It's described like this, beginning of verse 11. It was Christ who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, some to be pastors and teachers. And note their functions. To prepare God's people for works of service. So the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. When you read that passage and you understand other passages as well, you realize their task is huge. To shepherd the flock, to teach and encourage, to keep watch and to protect. They're not your boss. They're your loving God. They want you to go to heaven. And understanding what the Bible says about elders is why it helps us in selecting men to serve in this very important role. Here's what we know. But we need to be reminded of as well. West Seventh is a church full of godly men who are scripturally qualified to serve as elders. We are blessed in that regard. But not all of who are qualified are willing to serve. Some of them were asked and they said no. And there are some who are qualified and yet they're still quite young. And our elders are so sensitive to that. That with a few more years, maybe their children to grow a little bit more, to kind of protect them, there'll be a day, a time, when they can serve in that role. So after much prayer, God has brought two men forward to become our elders. But before we appoint these men, I want the church, I want all of us to be reminded of our role, our obligation, our responsibility. Listen to the words in Hebrews 13, verse 17. Obey your leaders and submit to their authority. They keep watch over you as men who must give an account. Obey them so that their work will be a joy and not a burden, for that will be of no advantage to you. Obedience and submission are key 
to a harmonious church. And that begins with obedience and submission to our Lord Jesus. And we continue that with those who are leading this church. And if we believe God's Spirit is working among us, we acknowledge their authority and we willingly submit. And I call your attention to verse 17 there where it says, so that their work will be a joy and not a burden. I think that says a lot. But notice also what Paul wrote in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 11 through 13. Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up, just as in fact you are doing. Now we ask you, brothers, to respect those who work hard among you, who are over you in the Lord, and admonish you. Verse 13, hold them in the highest regard in love because of their work. Live in peace with each other. Hold them in the highest regard in love. Live in peace with each other. I talk often with the elders, and I know often they, they squirm with undue attention, sometimes feeling inept when they read these passages about what they are to do. It's enough to make them want to not be an elder. Why would you want to do that? But what we realize is that elders are ordained of God, but that does not mean that they are perfect. They have God's hand on them, but they're still human. And they understand, as we all do, that God works through imperfect people to carry out his will. I think of Paul's words in 1 Corinthians 11 where he says, Follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. At this time, I would like our elders to join me on stage. Tom Anderson, Kerry Couch, Wade Denny, Jerry Duggan, Mike Kessler, John Simmons, John Smith... And John Law, as they're coming, I will share. John Law is out of town. He got a better offer, and he couldn't refuse. <clears throat> it's called work. So he's traveling out of business and, and hates missing being with us today. You have standing before you many, many years of experience as shepherds. And I need to quickly say, beside... Each one of these men is a wife and a Christian family who have been supportive, understanding, and loving. They've weathered many storms, struggles, and victories with this church. They've taught you. They've been to your ball games and your performances. They've witnessed, sometimes even performed your baptism. They've celebrated the birth or the adoption of your children. They've cried with you at the cemetery. They've prayed with you about your marriage. They've asked God relentlessly for your healing. They've kept your confidences, even though others may not know the whole story and understand their actions or decisions in loving and supporting you. They've been a friend. They've been like a brother. Been like a father. Someone who is selfless enough to rejoice with you when you are right and who loves you enough to tell you when you are wrong. And in following the Good Shepherd, they never give up on you. We are blessed to have these men as our shepherds. I am pleased to stand before you and say, these are my shepherds. I also want you to know that we don't have any major problems at this church. Now, we always have challenges and ways we can improve. But this is a, a healthy body, and a lot of that credit goes to these men as they're trying to help us get to heaven. Because of these men leading us, we are truly blessed. And today we add to that blessing by appointing two more men to be as shepherds. 
So to the two new elders, Bill Alsop and John Korn, if you accept this responsibility of God's calling to lead this church, please join these men on stage. One of our shepherds, Kerry Couch, will now read 1 Peter 5, 1 through 4. To the elders among you, I appeal as a fellow elder, a witness of Christ's sufferings, and one who also will share in the glory to be revealed. Be shepherds of God's flock that is under your care, serving as overseers, not because you must, but because you are willing, as God wants you to be, not greedy for money, but eager to serve, not lording it over those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory that will never fade away. Now Mike Kessler, one of our elders, will say a prayer for these two elders while the other elders are laying hands on Bill and John. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come to you acknowledging you as our creator, acknowledging you as our God. We're so thankful for this day, for the privilege we have to acknowledge these two men, to understand the, uh, the responsibility that they've accepted. We're thankful for Bill and Sharon and their families. We're thankful for, for John and Karen and their families. We're mindful of the fact that, uh, that they studied this and uh, thought about it, prayed about it. And they know that they have uh, accepted a job that uh, has responsibilities. We're praying for them today. We're asking you to bless them and help them. Help them to, uh, to be strong, to deal with problems, to deal with joy. We also ask them to uh, ask you to help them to maintain a, a sense of humor, help them to maintain a tender heart, help them to live lives that, uh, that they've had in their past and continue to have, help them to be honorable. We ask you to all work together with us, help this whole congregation to join together without conflict. We're so thankful for the privilege we have to serve you, to love you, to love your son. We ask you to be with us through the rest of this day Guide us and care for us always. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Now to the church. Will you signify your acceptance and support of God's calling these men as your shepherds by standing, or if unable to stand, by raising your hand? Thank you. You may be seated. And now John Simmons will pray over our congregation. Let's pray together. Our Father, we know you as the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and for your faithful promises to them. And we know you as the loving Father who loves us so much that you gave your only Son for us. And we know you for establishing your church and making Jesus the head of that church to be his bride. 
And we thank you now that we can enter your throne room in prayer and that you seem to stop what you're doing to listen to our humble prayer just as the loving Father hears his children. And we stand in awe of you and your love and your care for us. We thank you for the blessings that you have bestowed on your church at West Seventh for over 180 years of guiding and leading a long unbroken line of men and women and members to do your will here. For the current members of this church, for their talents and abilities and the love we share on our journey home to you. We thank you for the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace we have among the elders and ministers and members here. We thank you for the love we have for each other as family and pray that the world will know us by this love we show each other. We pray for this congregation. Help us understand that elders will answer not only for ourselves before your bar of judgment, but also for this congregation. And help this congregation commit to being accountable to its elders, to each other as we serve and as we bear each other's burdens. We pray that you would give us hearts of servants to teach our Bible classes and train our children and youth, to feed the hungry, to visit the widows and orphans in our time of need and affliction. Comfort the sick, the grieving, the troubled, to reach the lost at home and afar, and to teach and admonish those who are losing their way or have lost their way. And help us through this church show the world your manifold wisdom. We pray for each individual. Help us, Lord, to hunger and thirst for righteousness. Help us understand that the devil stalks us to devour us. But help us live soberly and righteously and godly, even in this present age. Help us in times of trial and temptation to resist the devil and not yield and give way to sin. Help us understand how your spirit indwells us to energize us and guide us in your ways and that the fruit and the spirit will be abundantly evident in our lives. And let us never quench that spirit, but grow it. Help us in our different roles in life to do your will. Help husbands love their wives as Christ loved the church and be faithful and lead and protect their families, teaching them your ways, bringing their children up in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. Help wives respect their husbands and love their children. Help spouses love one another 
no other and be faithful that there be no temptation for couples in trouble help them to avail themselves of the help that we provide not only save their marriage but help them make what God would have it help our fathers and mothers to raise their children in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord help our singles and single again adults to serve you and give them the unique opportunities that they can have to glorify you for our young people help them avoid yielding to the impulses of inexperience and youth and the pull of the world that they may not do things they would regret many times over help our older members teach the younger by word an example and mentor them to be able to better navigate the trials of life as they mature in the faith and the assurance of your unfailing providence help us as workers in our jobs to work as unto the Lord that he may be glorified by the work that we do help us be better stewards not only of the material blessings you lavish on us but also the time, ability, and talents that you've given us. And may we use them to glorify you. And help us not be selfish with our time and talent, but use them to your glory. And Father, help us understand the power of Satan and the effects of sin if we succumb to it, for it will take us places we never thought we would go to do things we never thought we would do and exact a price that we never thought we would ever be willing to pay. Help us not settle for a life of sin that leads to death, but to seek the abundant life your Son came for us to have, led by your Spirit, energized by your Word, as we transform ourselves by the renewing of our mind from what we were what you want us to be. We know that your eyes go to and fro on the face of the earth, looking to strongly support those whose hearts are wholly yours. And help us have such hearts and use the blessings we know you will provide, for great is your faithfulness. Father, you love us and want us to serve you. We thank you for showing us the way home through Christ, for the redemption that he has brought us, and for the transformation that we can achieve. We thank you for your love and mercy, and the work you give us to do as your ambassadors. It gives us purpose and fulfillment as we strive to be totally committed Christians at this place. Continue to bless us and keep us and deliver us from evil. And Father, help us as elders to shepherd this flock home to you, each and every one. We ask these things in your son's gracious and good name. I'm so pleased that you were a part of today. Um, I didn't mention this earlier, but I'll share now. Uh, 
we have the John Corn family section down here and the Bill Alstup family section over this way. Especially glad that you all can be here. Uh, part of the decision to have one service and uh, the lunch and our afternoon singing was to give as many opportunities as possible for us as a family to connect with these two. Uh, to share your love and support for them. So uh, as we dismiss from worship in a few minutes, uh, uh, don't be quick to leave. Uh, you know, stay for class and even after class for lunch and then for the singing and, uh, and uh, share your love for these two and your support. Before we sing our invitation song, I want to go back to what I shared a few moments ago and what you heard these two elders that prayed in, in their prayers. What these men want is for you to go to heaven, to be with God for eternity. And they learn that from Jesus. Because if you spend time in the Word, especially in the Gospels where you walk through Jesus' life from birth to his ascension, what you realize is that is who Jesus is and that is why Jesus came. To introduce us to the Father, to see what he looks like in the flesh to show us how to live, to show us how to die, and to give us the promise that we'll live again. It's the most beautiful story of Scripture. He is truth. He is life. And he came to show us the way. No man comes to the Father except through him. He said to encourage his disciples then, and through inspiration now, I have gone to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again so that where I am, you may be also. But it's your choice. You have to decide. You have to decide to give your life to Jesus and accept him, to follow his salvation. You're not saved coming to worship. You're not saved praying, singing, uh, giving generously at church or other good works. You're, you're not saved by your good works. Salvation is a gift from God. So our invitation is for you to confess that you believe that Jesus is the Son of God. Repent from living for anyone else but Him. Be washed clean in baptism. Let Him make you that new creation. Add you to His family. What we read several times in scriptures. What Jesus calls the flock. To be His child. If you need salvation this morning, this song is for you. Or if you are a child of God, and we can pray for you. You know, our custom is, one of our elders is down front doing an invitation song to pray for you. Won't you come as we stand and sing to encourage? <clears throat>